But have you ever thought about your impact? These white kids love that you don't give a f- Cause that's exactly what's expected when your skin black They wanna see you dab, they wanna see you pop a pill They wanna see you tap it from your face to your heels And somewhere deep down, f*** it, I gotta keep it real They wanna be black and think your song is how it feels So when you turn up, you see them turning up too You hit the next city, collect your money when it's due okay, You're okay. getting that paper swimming in yeah. I don't blame you, you ain't thinking about the people that's looking like me and you True. Good morning, today is Wednesday and this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHH LP, where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, and motivation from the American urban perspective. I am your host, Kinsley Osset, and my co-host, Shafiq, will not be here. Um, today's topic will be urban trauma. And today on Urban Talk Radio, if you can join the conversation at Facebook, at Minds and Twitter, at Minds. Also, you can stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. You can also join me on my Facebook page as I'm streaming live right now at Kinsley OSEI, also streaming on all platform and on New Haven Independent. Our very special guest today is Mr. Kevin Mohammed of GBAT. Um, Kevin, how are you, brother? Good. How you doing, Brother Kingsley? I'm blessed and happy to be here. And, uh, you know, um, before we proceed, you know, I have stayed out of, I almost say I have stayed out of, but because of um, the uh, Hip Hop 50th, I haven't really, and Shafiq haven't been here, so we really haven't been touching on uh, politics, but politics is also a big part of um, this show. What am I sounding like? I'm starting to hear myself. Politics is a big part of this show, and there has been a lot going on, um, a whole lot. Um, Mr. Kevin and myself bump heads a few times during the 2016 election, just having different, um, you know, different opinions, and different opinions really, you know, matters. And when two people are having different opinions and expressing it on a on a social media platform, that means the world is listening. And no matter who thinks they are right, who thinks they are wrong, it's all opinion, and everybody else is reading into it. Um, it's very um it's productive and productive to the point that some people have no regards for politics they get up they go to work and they go about their way meanwhile they are paying taxes their roads are not paved and um you know i can just go on and on and on we almost went through a government shutdown that's just because the one one um body of the legislative um, body is really not functioning um the republican party is not functioning uh, let's just keep it all the way 100. Um, if my brother Harry was here, I'd be beating up on him because um, he is mother guy. And, um, you know, we go at it. You know, there's a lot of mother calls out there. We just can't figure out um, what is really going on. So, yes, uh, Mystic um, Kevin McCarthy, who is a former House um, leader, um, kind of deal with the devil and, um, you know, kind of deal with the mother and give one person the right to um um you know give the one person the right to file motions to um you know to uh, oust him if they didn't like anything that he um you know he was doing and um it, it went down yesterday because he cut a deal an 11th hour deal with the democrats to make sure the government didn't shut down which was a deal that was on the table from the very beginning but because um he can't be trusted my fact based on um mcgay's mouth he says you know you can't be trusted by the, 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 the Democrats. You can't be trusted by the Republicans. Um, and you got to go. And yesterday, historically, we watched this man get voted out. We watched the House Speaker get voted out for the first time. So just to let you guys know, to understand, we have a government that is not functioning right now. That The House is shut down. Business is shut down in Washington, just to get you guys to understand. So everybody that just woke up today and went to work and went about your way, just to let you know, the government is uh, the government is not shut down, but there is no work going on right now. And meanwhile, we have an ex-president who is 91 counts indicted. Um, you know, um, he's charged for fraudulent of his um, business, which he did run on. Uh, he was able to convince. Uh, half of America that he was um, a good businessman, so we should give him the presidency, and you did. And now he's 91 um, counts um, indicted, um, uh, you know, four times, four four indictments, 91 counts. Um, I can just go on and on. Um, um, accused, not just accused, but indicted 
for a uh, rape charge based on what the um the judge said but i'm saying all this to say that there is a, a, a there is a party that is still willing to give this man another chance to be a president and i can is the world is watching us and i just can't believe that this is really unfolding uh, like the man is sitting in court right now as we're doing this radio show fighting for um you know um a civil lawsuit for 250 million dollars minimum the city of new york uh, feels like he has to pay for um for fraud about his um um uh trump enterprises so now we're talking about urban trauma this is all stuff that can really cause trauma you know there is trauma is not a one size not just one thing yeah you know in, in the urban community we have our own issues so if you heard my intro from j cole which is my special guest one of his favorite artists um i'm very strategic of picking yeah. my intros yeah. so uh, i had to stop myself from rapping over the song <laughs> hey keep your, keep your daytime job <laughs> <laughs> and it was called a fall off so that's why um, you know i played a song so with that being said um brother kevin muhammad um i will allow you to re um introduce yourself since um i finished venting about what's going on in politics yep so it's good that i have a reintroduction uh because i i, I i'm reinvented at this point what i'm Definitely. doing and definitely how I operate in our community. And so um, I am at this point um, the lead clinician for the Urban Trauma Center at GBAP. The Urban Trauma Center is located at 25 uh, Ford Place in Bridgeport, Connecticut, near Bridgeport Hospital. We work with children. Um, right now, I'm real time, I'm in the Alliance, which is a partnering uh, organization with GBAP working with three and four-year-olds doing therapy, play therapy, mm. redirecting behaviors, things, challenges that they've had since birth or witnessing things since two years old, or just inheriting generational trauma from grandparents maybe that they've never met or parents. And so um, that's what I'm doing here do on Wednesdays and Fridays. When I'm not here, that's a separate contract for GBAP. I am also at um, GBAP. Full, uh, full time at the Urban Trauma Center, working with four to 18 year olds uh, who witness, who've been they, they, anything from hard to redirect in school to witnessing the hollow or what they call the North Side versus the terrace and all kinds of things that are happening in our community and our young men and young women need to process. And those who are not directly involved um, also need to process. Uh, and I also have a private practice on Main Street 4270, where I see at least 20 to 22 people a week. Um, I don't know how I sleep, but those are the hats that I wear. And um, so I'm a full-time mental health clinician and therapist in the city of Bridgeport. Now you're talking about, hey, man, hey, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all we got to do. And hey, Ghanaians are no different, brother. So hey my don't have three jobs. Hey my got 10 million jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You see the pilot becomes the hostess and he be yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> us. Make it work, Kingston. Oh man, you make it work, man. You make it work. Now uh we're gonna rewind it up a little bit, but before we do anything, man, let me give a big shout out to our sister Nancy Kingwood. Yeah, you know, yeah. um I watched Nancy transform this organization and, um, you know, I, I, I watched you transform yourself into this organization. I remember getting that phone call from you when it all started and um, you called me, you called me, you called me to, you called, you called me to seek my advice about it. And I come here. You called me to, you called me, you told me to, okay, you're okay, it's okay. You called me to seek my advice about it, and I mean, I generally told you that it's a, it's a it's a good move, it's a good transformation because um, it will lead to everything that you do want to do. It's a big, you know, um, Nancy is a very good person. I see what you, you know she was building, and um, you could play a part in um, helping helping build it. Um, she had a vision, and yeah, um, and she's extremely supportive of myself, uh, understands my goals, and has been extremely instrumental. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, 
urban trauma, there are different modalities of how you treat trauma. And one is called EMDR, which is eye motion desensitized reprocessing. Expensive training, but Nancy found the money, uh, sent me away for a weekend, and I came back using, you know, EMDR training. <laughs> so, so I mean, there, you know, I I am um, recently left an organization that I was working with in New Haven because I wanted to dedicate the time to those who I know are really helping and supporting the community, and absolutely, GBAP is is that place for me. Definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, so shouts out and salute to, um, you know, Reverend Nancy Kingwood for, for her support, what she's doing. And big shout out to Ina as well. You know, um, you guys have, um, a great team there. So now, um, we're going to, we, we, we've done this before. I've, I've had, um, Reverend Nancy, um, here before we had a lot of fun, um, doing this show together. Um, we're going to redefine GBAP. What is GBAP for all who doesn't know? It's a, I know, I know, I know you guys are about to do the urban, uh, um, trauma uh, center grand opening on, um, November 1st, 11 p.m. at our 25 Ford place. We're going to talk about that. Um, now, urban trauma is also the home of the Bridgeport moms programs, um, teen fathers programs, behavioral health services. Let's define GBAP and take it from here as a whole. Yeah. What so, does GBAP do? So, so that definitely is a Nancy Kingwood question. So I'm gonna basically what I what I will do is is you know from my viewpoint and my viewpoint may be limited because when somebody has a vision they see more. Definitely. Um, she just received a million dollar grant and I don't even know where to begin describing. Okay. Uh, she know how to get to the bag. Oh, she, she does know how to get to the bag. <laughs> She not get to the bag. That's what executive means. Executive, executive director is all about. She knows how to get to the bag. Yeah. So, um, you know, as she just announced the other day, doing a program for um, teens that, uh, you know, are are homeless um, and, uh, you know, fall under a particular category where they need housing. So that's on its way. Um, but, um I would say GBAP is almost a one-stop shop now. We all knew GBAP is AIDS prevention growing up, HIV prevention programs, mm -hmm. education, which you call psychoeducation, health education. Um, like, for instance, the needle exchange uh, program where they actually make sure that people do not reinfect themselves or infect themselves with HIV who um, have a propensity to get it through intravenous drug use. That mm -hmm. program has been going on. And that's the GBAP that I knew growing up. But the GBAP under uh, Nancy Kingwood has uh, addressed the needs of the black and brown community wherever they are, the social emotional needs. Um, I was one of the first that came on when she started the behavioral health program because they didn't have therapists and clinicians. I came in um, and I came in, she didn't even know that I was going to school and becoming a therapist. I came in working with black men in trauma, which later became black men of resiliency. And I said, do you know I'm becoming a therapist? She said, really? So stick around. So she, with others who were already there before, there were other, I would say, uh, clinicians. Um, they began to work and partner with like uh, um, the Alliance. So they actually address the needs of children in school who struggle with trauma. Um, it also, um, GBAP also assists the family structure. You know, moms are part of the structure. Mm -hmm. uh, men, the dads are part of the structure. So there's a teen father's program. Um, there's also, from what I'm hearing, there's going to be another trauma group that meets once a month. And this one is not clinical. It's a support group, similar to how you would have AA and NA. It's not clinical, but peer supported. So I think what GBAP is doing is addressing all the needs of the community uh, where we have deficits. Um, food, clothing, shelter, mental health, resources, education. So um, she would tell you better, but it's just right now she's addressing the needs. Wherever there's a need in the black and the brown community, a uh, deficit that's really needs to be addressed is being addressed through some kind of grant or some kind of program. 
Um, I, I would say, Kings, I think GBAP has like 26 programs. I, I would have time to get through. Yeah, definitely. Okay. No, no, definitely. Um, and GBAP means what? The GBA. Greater Bridgeport Area Prevention Program. Okay. So prevention, wherever we need prevention on a health level, psychological level, education level, wherever we need to prevention to take preventive measures, there is a grant that addresses them. And so, it, it, even though she has so many programs, look like she's doing she's doing it all, she still finds a way to collaborate with um with, with uh, others. What I've what I've what I've watched her do different everybody has their skill set is um for instance, you know, we have an urban trauma program, but there are a couple of other places like you know, LifeBridge and others that also have this similar grant, but she partners with them. She meets with them. And in, and in unity, there's strength. And what ground are you covering? What ground am I covering? And how can we make an impact in the city? Usually people are at it. You know, it's, it's beef. You know, there is, you know, um, we're going after the same dollar, so I can't let you know what I'm doing and what I'm doing. Sort of in the hip hop days where I heard, uh, I, I heard Grandmaster Flash say I would change my label on the records so nobody else knew what records I was using. Right. Because <laughs> I know you're going to steal my records and steal. Definitely. You know, but she she's more about, listen, we're the only organization that actually is filled with black and brown people addressing black and brown people's needs. There are other organizations, but one that is actually ran by executive director that is black and also where most of the employees are predominantly black and brown. That's not the norm for many nonprofit organizations. Let me give her a big shout out. And, you know, big shout out to my brother, um, Reverend Senate, Senator uh, Reverend Gaston, who's been bringing the chips home, um, as, you know, um, a, 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 as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, this all boils down to politics. You know, as usual, people always question, um, you know, the government was about to shut down because there's uh, it's a budgetary issue. Um, Republicans want to cut down social programs. Um, Democrats is not, you know, there wasn't budget for that. Um, so they finally came up with a deal to, you know, to take the uh, uh, money going to Ukraine, um, money for Ukraine out just so that they can um, avoid the government shutdown and then revisit that later on. But why do they want to cut down these programs? Because, um, you know, the money have to go somewhere. They want to give money. To, they're going to give tax cut to the richest and cut down programs that comes into it, you know. So it's very important to understand how politics works. You know, um, when people say, um, you know, maybe Joe Biden doesn't do nothing for black people or Obama never did nothing for black people. You got to understand how it works just so that you know who is bringing the chips to your community. That's where it really starts from. Now, um, let's define urban trauma. So um, urban trauma is dealing with um, the, um, the stimuli, uh, anything in the environment in an inner city, which causes psychological distress beyond the normal capacity of somebody to deal with it. So in other words, um, what's traumatic to you may not be traumatic to me, but affects all of us. So it's the environment that we grow up in and the uh, stimuli, meaning the violence, the hardship, things that are passed down genetically uh, that affect the community in a way where they do not have the inner resources to heal from it. That's my definition of trauma completely. You know, um, you have two people that come back from a war one person is down for a week or two and they have the inner resources and they return. Another one, whatever they experience, they get flashbacks, dreams, high anxiety, anxiety attacks, and fall into a deep depression and after a while develops a disorder. So for that person, that experience was traumatic. But when we look at data in the inner city, we can find that uh, our people, black and brown, have more of a um, symptomatic effect based on their environment. And so trauma is just those types of things that happen in an inner city um, that affect primarily people of color, 
and um, and they are unable to find the inner resources to resolve them. So therefore, they may need help, assistance, primarily um, um, social emotional help, psychoeducation, therapy programs to overcome the trauma and the stresses. But urban trauma also includes generational trauma. Um, I was mentioning to somebody yesterday, um, and I thought the first time I came on the show, I mentioned that you don't have to meet your grandparents to inherit their trauma. There has been shooting and killing and violence in the black community. And even if you never met your grandmother or grandfather, you inherited it. Um, um, Dr. George DeGruy, they did an experiment where I said before, where they had taken mice, shocked the mice, put them under tremendous trauma. Uh, and when they did, they sprayed a perfume in the air. What they've noticed is that the offspring never met the parents. However, when they sprayed that 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 perfume in the air, the offspring had the same response that their parents did. So urban trauma, part of it is that we respond in a way that shows that we have been affected and have, a, have the inability to cope with these stressors because of what our parents and grandparents went through. And so you're talking about generations of black and brown people who have been in the city, such as Bridgeport, New Haven, and Hartford, who have undergone tremendous trauma. And this trauma and the effects of it have been passed down to the cousins, to the offspring, to the grandchildren. And they didn't necessarily have to be there at that time, but they've inherited the effect acting out behaviors in school. Um, hypervigilance. Hypervigilance is also a symptom of trauma. Hypervigilance is, you stepped on my shoe. Man, I'm, I'm going to kill you. I can't sleep at night. I get up and go to school, and the teachers are wondering, why are these children acting out? Mm -hmm. Urban trauma. But some of it has been inherited for generations, and unless we treat it as trauma, because we can talk about ADHD, we can talk about depression. We can talk about all these other things. But until we treat it and we're trauma-informed, we are going to be repeating it over and over again. Now they're saying that almost 98% of most manifestations of mental health disorders in the inner city are directly linked to trauma. So we all need to look at trauma, how it affects us, and become more informed about it. Okay. Um Let's do a station ID and uh, come back to that. Uh, this is Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bull Mice and Twitter. Also on my Facebook page, Kinsley OSEI. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. We also have our special guest, Mr. Kevin Mohammed from GBAP. And um, today's topic is uh, urban trauma. And um, there will be a grand opening on, I believe, November 1st of uh, yeah. the Urban Trauma Center uh, of GBAP. And it will be um, spearheaded by my brother, Kevin uh, Mohammed. Um, did, did you give the time as well? Kings time is 1.30 p.m. and it's on 25 fourth place in Bridgeport, uh, Connecticut. So now I believe this place is going to be, um, let's talk about the preventive measures of urban trauma. Right. Okay. So one of the, one of the preventive measures is, is, um, right now the urban trauma center Part of it is psychoeducation. Ed psychoeducation is just education um, from a psychological viewpoint, which e e equips people. Like, for instance, a person may not know that their response or their anger is from the trauma that they experience. And so you give them what's called coping skills. And, um, and so part of it is psychoeducation. Um, Give me an example. It, we have a curriculum. It's called a um, racial trauma treatment um, curriculum. And one is the urban trauma treatment curriculum. 
Um, in the racial trauma treatment curriculum, part of it is historical education. Um, we may hold out several children, one that is white, one that is very brown, one is darker, one is darker, one is darker, and give a scenario, you know, which one of these would you think uh, in the class um, would be more of the, the troublemaker? Which one would you like to play with more? And we think in 2023 that colorism doesn't exist and that perception is not reality, but um, we'll find when we work with children that they do make judgments based on whether this is a, uh, a white girl, a, a brown girl, or a black girl. Um, I had one student say to me, flipped it. He said, the one that I think is most intelligent is the darkest one because I'm darkest and I believe I'm intelligent. Says, mm -hmm. This is a child that uh, evidently when he, you, you talk to his mother, she has educated him about his past and linked it to the fact that, you know, this legacy or great people and so it comes out in his self-worth. Um, part of the curriculum also addresses what's called microaggressions. So microaggressions are attacks. They're racial, small racial attacks that we might hear through the media or in a classroom that causes a person to feel lack of self-worth. Back in the day, it would be a phrase like, hey, Kevin, when my sixth grade teacher told me, you would never amount to anything. A uh, white lady with red red hair, telling a young kid who was breakdancing because he was breakdancing in the middle of the classroom because I was a popper, locker, mm -hmm. uh, very active. You keep on doing that, you never amount to anything, right? So, or little things like, I don't know why, where you get that from. I don't know, you know, it's the same thing that your sister did. She was in this class three um, minutes ago, uh, I mean, three years ago, or little small microaggressions. Now, what they saw is that these microaggressions have, a, a mental health effect. They cause children to feel anxious. They cause them sometimes to feel depressed. And if you notice, we have gone through this generation after generation, the press, the media, in the classrooms. And so some things that the teachers say have a mental health effect on these children. What we do is we teach children how to cope with them. We teach children how to process. Um, we teach children that when other children say things to them, how to cope. You're ugly, you're fat. You're this. Those types of things have an effect on your self-worth and your psyche. And you know, in the, in the community, we throw jabs all day long, you know? And so those are, those are areas that we address to procure the self-worth, the self-respect. And you know, we operate from self-worth. If you don't have the self-worth, self-respect, not only do you not respect yourself, you don't respect others that are like you. Right. So that's part of the environment. Um, I've had teenagers, because you know it goes all the way up to 18, are hypervigilant. We don't know why they don't like us from the terrace. I, my grandmother lives by the terrace, and I love my grandmother, and I can't even walk from the hollow to the... I'm hypervigilant. I can't focus in school. And so at this point, you know, um, I've had some children break down because of that and saying, you know what? Is disrespectful. I lost my boy. I set up this, uh, uh, um, uh, what do they call it, when they set up the memorial. And some of the kids on Facebook or on, on social media took jabs and were disrespectful on my dead homies. And I don't know how to operate. And it's grief, but it's a different kind of grief. It's urban grief. <laughs> and these, and we don't know. Now, if, if say you're not in the crew, if you live down the street and you're walking by these memorials, you are inheriting what's called vicarious trauma from being in a community wondering, why is it that I'm 15 and these kids are 15 and they're dying? I don't understand. This is this is triggering. So we're dealing with all of those elements in the environment, from the racism, the microaggressions, the little jabs that are thrown at us, system, systemically, even in the school system, in the political system, who's running the political system, and then our own urban trauma, us versus us, and how we, we deal with it, all of that. And so I have to say, a lot of white clinicians, they're not ready, not prepared to deal with this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. this, is, this type of training and education 
we're 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 actually putting it into our training because no uh, university has quite prepared us for what we're experiencing now in our in our community. This is a um, new model. I'm going to give you this quote and um, you know kind of re-break it down for me. Celebrating 50 years of hip hop is the ethno-racial trauma healing soul songs to hip hop. I'm quoting um, W.E.B. Du Bois, the souls of black folks. Through all the soul of the souls songs, there breathe a hope, a faith in the ultimate justice of things, the minor cadences of despair change often to triumph and calm confidence sometimes it is faith in life sometimes a faith in death sometimes assurance of boundless justice in some fair world beyond but whichever it is the meaning is always clear that sometimes somewhere men will judge men by their souls and not by their skins is such a hope justified do the soul songs sing true so let's deal with the first part of what he was talking about he was talking about a strength-based approach some of us will find strength through looking at death and triumph some of us will find it through our history so when when we first look at a child that child might be beaten down so much Go to the office. You're always in trouble. But where? what is the child's strength? Because each child has strength. Each person has strength. And so what do we draw on? What he was also talking about is our inner resources. For some of us, it's history, right? Um, it could be in Ghana. It could be Kwame Nkrumah being proud Ghanaian. And now nah, I can't go down like that because my ancestors were strong. That's drawing from strength. You could be on your way to um, a, a circumstance, which unfortunately probation, parole, suspension, and everybody's just saying you're bad, 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 right? But somebody has to say, wait a minute, you did survive these streets, didn't you? What's your strength? Well, you know, I didn't have family. My family, my homies were my family. Ah. So you have a need to be connected to other human beings and you draw strength from that, right? So their sense of family might not be traditional. So our job, when we first meet and intake a child, it's not to find what's wrong, it's to find what's right. At the end of what Dr. Dubois is saying is look past the outer covering, look past the physical, look past what you see, because most of 85% of us are judged on face value. So even if I'm a I'm a brother. I got four degrees, Kingsley, and I walk out there with my hat like yours, cocked to the back, and I'm building with you. Yo, man, did you? That's, you know, it was a hot joint that you spent the other day, Kingsley, at the CAV. You know, and something happened around the corner, and I fit the description. They grabbing me. Right. But not only is it traumatizing for the people, for me, it's traumatizing for the people watching me saying, yo, I know Brother Muhammad. Brother got four a degree, man. What's next? It could be any one of us. And so the traumatization of what we experience from and W.E. Du Bois also talked about, he talked about dual, dual code of conduct that we have to have as black people be code switching. I got, I can walk in the white house. I have to use a certain type of language, but then when I walk into the hood, I have to use a certain kind of language. And so I'm split. I can't be myself and be accepted. And, 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 and so one day we will judge people based on not what we see physically, but what they are internally. As much as I would like to say it, Dr. E. Du Bois was way ahead of his time, and we haven't even gotten there yet. And so... You, you're talking you know, about the part where he says, but whichever it is, the meaning is always clear that sometimes, somewhere, men will judge men by their souls and not by their skins. It's, it's such a hope... Is it's, it's such a hope justified with the question mark. Do the soul songs sing true? Go ahead, finish it. Yeah, so I, I've I, and I was getting there. So, as yeah. much as we would like to say, mm -hmm. yes, that's a reality. The reality really is that each day in America, there are, I believe, um, I, what the percentage is, but they are hate crimes, 
uh, racism. And the reason why I don't want to name this, the statistics is because when we think about hate crimes, we're just thinking about police brutality and killings. But no, we're looking at, like you said, how things are legislated. We're looking at language. We're looking at programs that haven't changed. Traditional education and racism and um, structured uh, systemic racism that hasn't changed much. You know, even though the names have changed, the game has stayed the same. And so we hop into a structural uh, systemic racism. And what comes up out of it is um, the lack of proper mental health. Um, I have some brothers who are older, um, clients and recently, and they're corporate workers. They're black men, corporate America who, for whatever reason, um, in there just doesn't quite fit in and are suffering anxiety, depression, but they also fall under urban trauma. And, and, and so when we look at urban trauma, even though we are looking at ages four through uh, 18, those 18-year-olds will be your tomorrow 25-year-olds. And so what we want to do is have prevention. And so it's psychoeducation to, this is what we, you originally asked, uh, Kingsley, how do you, how do you, how do you, what, what, what was the, what is the method to urban trauma? So we do an intake. We find out where they are educationally, similar to in school when they do a base assessment. They want to find out how much math the child knows, how much reading, and they start teaching to it so that the child is on level. It's the same thing with this model. We do an intake. We want to know what their awareness is with these issues. And then we have every week is a different lesson. And the lesson addresses racial trauma. The one that I just gave you was one on colorism, light skin versus dark skin, which you know is very much prevalent yeah. in our community. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and giving hey, them the stop, idea. Stop, of, stop talking with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but, but the idea is, we 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 have to be knowledgeable, or we fall into that issue. And so that part of our education is colorism, and uh, and that one one of the other things we teach is when our children have the anxiety from racial trauma, how do they so soothe so the principal doesn't grab them out of class? How do they go from, uh, instead of zero to 80, zero to 25 and then back to 15? Right how do they notice? How do they become mindful and deep breathe? And how do they process this trauma and find coping skills so that they don't act out and can return back to class? All of that is done in real session in treatment and the treatment is 16 weeks you know i had a conversation with my wife that we got to prepare our daughter absolutely for the the the, the hate that she's gonna you know absolutely. embrace being you know light-skinned uh in in ghana we call it half cast when you are half yep. what have black that's what we you know which is talk. difficult because when when curly z gets older you know or starts to go to school uh they're gonna you know put her in between right you know, and, and sometimes that particular, you're not accepted on one side and you're not accepted on the other side. Right. You know, you're not white enough, you're not black enough. And so a lot of that is colorism. You know, um, you'll notice that, and I have to say, even through my experience, um, your wife may walk through the door and gets a different response. You walk through the door and get a different response. And so that type of mentality, because as much as like he said, when will it be a time when we look at men's souls, you know, rather than their skin color? So uh, people prejudge, which is the where the word prejudice comes from. They prejudge. And then when they initiate laws and policies, prejudging goes to actual racism when they initiate these enact these policies that affect people of color. And and we are, you know, we're actually teaching her how to, you know, um, the power of being able to bring people together and yeah. uh, her being half black and half white. She had that power, mm -hmm. you know, to say that, you know what, I don't belong to, I belong to both sides, mm -hmm. you know. So if, you know, my dad being all black can really yes. bring people together as creating you with a, a biracial, being biracial, you have even a bigger power. To be able sure. to make people, you know. So, you know, fortunately for us, she's full of love, and uh, we hope yeah. she she grow up. And uh, like we said, um, racism is taught. Yeah. You know, no child is born racist. 
<laughs> you know. Um, and we were talking about um, ethno-racial trauma, and I'm going to spell the ethno and, 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 and break it down. It's E-T-H-N-N-O, just in case I'm pronouncing it with a British accent. Um, it's defined as the individual and or collective psychological distress and fear of danger that results from experiencing or witnessing discrimination, harm, humiliation, shame, threats of violence, and intimidation directed at ethno-racial minority groups. That sounds like um Trump. <laughs> it sounds like what we, de- what we deal with now. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that we continue to go backwards because we have people that are supposed to be alliances of um, what we deal with. Unfortunately, they belong to a party that continue to push us back. You have a Republican candidate, Romney Swamini, who's supposed to be a person of color, but I guess when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't see a black man. And they mm-hmm. go in there, and they um, and you have you know Senator Tim Scott. Um, these people are continuing to push back what we cry about to say that no, we don't. America do not have racial issues. Do you think America have racial issues or don't? Based on your expertise of what you've yeah, been. I, I, I do want to say this with preface, you know, what we experience within is, is what we call internalized racism. Mm-hmm. Internalized racism is, are the issues that black people have because we've been educated in a system where our self-worth um, and perception of each other is, uh, is lowered. Um, Dr. Maisa Akbar, who developed the urban trauma um, model that we're actually using at GBAP talked about perceptual error. So when we look at another black person, there's a there's a feeling of mistrust because that's what we've been taught. Um, and that causes psychological issues because we grew up with each other in the community. And so, you, you know, I always say this, you got a rapper with 50 people on stage talking about trust no one. Bro, you got 50 people on the stage. You don't trust anybody? <laughs> you don't trust none of those homies? Why you got them around you? You know what kind of hypervigilance that causes when you don't trust anybody around you? Your, your sound is off, Kingsley. I said, you know hip-hop have no rules. <laughs> but, but part of that is real. Part of it is I may live in the community with you, and when I see you, I see myself, and I don't trust. Do you so so what you're doing with Curly Z, you're doing two things. You're working against that uh, uh effect of trauma. You're validating her, affirming her self-worth, because she's gonna go into a world, believe it or not, and experience racism. Definitely. So she has to have a foundation of self first. Uh if she doesn't have the foundation of self, she won't know how to to deal with it. Your your, your sound is off, Kinsley, but I guess you're dealing with something. Um so the other thing is parents make you give a secure attachment. Children who experience trauma, they don't have secure attachments to their parents. So they can't go out in the world and have trusting relationships that are healthy because the primary relationship, which is mom or dad or primary giver, grandma or grandpa, was not secure. So they can't have secure relationships, intimate partner relationships, secure relationships with people in the community because the relationship you had with your primary caregiver, mom or dad, is the is is going to be played out with the relationships with everybody else. That's why we're working with children as early as three or four years old, because we want to address trauma at the first sign of it. Our trauma started over 400 years ago when we were separated from our mothers and fathers and put in slavery. And that generational trauma has been a reality ever since. And we haven't been able to bond with ourselves in a trusting way. So it's still there. Mm-hmm. And so we're working against that. Um, so I would say, yes, there's absolute trauma. There's internalized racism. And I would say this with even white people that say they sympathize and empathize with us. They have to become educated about us because there's things that they naturally are educated about us that are misconceptions and they may mean well, but they have to continue if they're gonna be advocates for us to educate themselves and understand that, whoa, 
I just said something and that's a microaggression. Mm -hmm. And that may have caused a black person to feel, as we would say in the street, some kind of way. Mm -hmm. So let me word that differently. Let me do this differently. Let me advocate for them by giving them a voice instead of speaking over them because their voice had been taken and they have low self-worth uh, when it comes to us because we come in with programs and speak for them rather than them becoming self-empowered and speaking for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so when they do come as an as, as a uh, ally, they have to take those things into consideration. I want to help. I want to be there. But I want to be there as a certain way where it's not going to ill affect you and hurt you and make you feel less than. Alrighty. So, yes, that was Brother Kevin Muhammad breaking it all down. Now, um, you know, let's talk about this grand opening as we, um, as we try to wrap up. So the grand opening will just get a, a cursory overview of the Urban Trauma Center. How do you make a referral? Um, for children 4 to 18. How do we screen? We have an intake process. Some children don't qualify for mm -hmm. uh, the urban trauma, and some do. 16-week um, course. I have to say this, Kingsley, real quick. This is very important. Oh, no, go ahead. Take a lot of it is followed with the parent because the parent also is a part of the process. We sit with the parent. They have homework. They go over the homework with the child. They also are um, scored as a caregiver of how they do with giving the lesson and what can they do to enhance the lesson. So what you're doing with Curly Z, sitting and talking now about racism, the effects of racism, that's what you do with your three and your four-year-old and your mm -hmm. seven-year-old mm -hmm. in this community. Part of the education therapy is one hour out of 168 hours a week. So they can't get it all with us. It has to be carried on with the parent and the parent has to be a part of the process. All right. And, um, you know, the grand opening um, date, time, place. Yeah. So the grand opening, open, I know you gave a little different time that is. Uh, I think the time on, that's on the flyer, which was November 1st, 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. If it's any. Yeah, okay. Yes. You you had just said 1.30 p.m. So it's 11 a.m. Oh, to 1.30 p.m. You're right. Oh, you're right. You're um, right. Yep. So it's at 25 Ford Place. Um, come, come there. You're welcome. You're invited. Um, and so it's opened up to the community. We're asking those just to walk through, um, have any questions or concerns, you're free to ask at that time. Uh, until then, if you'd like to ask me a question, uh, you can call me. Uh, I call it my bat phone, but it's my GBAP cell, 203-360-2818, 203-360-2818. You could also call GBAP, 203-366-8255. Um, or you can email me at kmohammed at gbap.org. That's K-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D at gbap.org. Uh, I've never seen so many different ways to spell one name is, is Muhammad, so I have to make sure I spell it out. There's all kinds of ways. Rather than that, how are you? How's your, ment uh, you know, how's, uh, how's your mental state? Well, let me say this. I'm a therapist with a therapist. Okay. So every week, every, every week, if not every two weeks, I have somebody that I sit with. Because there's no way that I could sit with 30 people a week and not talk to somebody. So I'm a big advocate for uh, anyone doing work with people on this level. You you too need to see someone. So I have a therapist. I sit down. I talk. I have an hour session. And um, she also gives me instruction and coping skills and the whole nine. And so um, and that's why I could talk about uh, mental health because I actually practice what I preach. And um, the importance of self-care, which can, um, you know, also deal yes. with traumatic issues. Yes. So self-care, um, it looks different for different people. Uh, but I would say that's a whole subject. I would love to come back one day and do a show. And even if we don't do it here, Kingsley, talk about, because our community needs to know under all the stress, how do you take care of yourself? Um, my good friend, Teknat Han, who passed away, said, take care of yourself so you may take care of others. So a mother or a father with good self-care takes better care of their children. A person with self-care does a better job on the job. So self-care is indeed important. Brother Kevin, you know, I had this I had this idea in mind um, that I, I would have loved to do it in person more than um more than um on a on, on a Zoom level. I had this idea of um married men um getting together once a month for a cigar talk. 
and just venting it out and just having a good conversation about what yeah. we are what we are dealing with um you What's know learning from e learning from each other what works in your relationship that doesn't work in mine and how yeah. to help you know dealing with each other's traumatic um you know issue at once a month just you know yeah. letting, it, letting it all out on on the yeah. schedule i had this I, I, idea yeah let, let's make it happen and i'm sure my colleague and partner we share office space mr uh wayne capers jr would be very interested as well. He's uh, office space is not going to do for this one. You heard what I said. No, no, no I'm saying, but but making it's sure a it happens. It's a cigar talk. No, no, understand it, but making sure it happens. We share space. Oh, okay. Talk to each other. Okay, okay. You talking about you talking about resources, not the actual space. No resources, making it happen. Right. Um, and then finding a space conducive that 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 we could do. So yeah. I think it'd be good for us. You know, definitely, um, definitely. We, as men, we don't have a lot of outlets. Trust no, me. we don't. You know, we, we, we don't. And now, uh, you know, we, we, we deal with a lot of stuff internally on our own. And, you know, I, I felt like if we can create that space, nobody said come in there and vent everything that is going on in your household, that yep. certain things that be kept confidential on your own. Yes. But there's certain things that we can definitely um, learn from each other, whether telling your partner that you notice that, you know, he's in the public just arguing with his wife and that is really not a way to go because it's an embarrassment and i'm like you know you can wait till you get home to you know to let the argument you know continue but never argue with the wife in the public those are all things that some people so may not be my last my last statement to confirm what you're saying is we heal in community right we heal in community we heal in community we heal together Alrighty, so this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us on the last part of our show, you can follow the conversation on Facebook at Bone Mice and Twitter at Bone Mice. Also on my Facebook page, Kinsley OSEI. You can also stream this show and previous sh shows on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Evan Talk Radio airs every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Um, Nora, can you take us away with the outro music? Brother Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. All right. Because I'm not playing. I'm banging hammers on. Put hands on that light. Just beat out you. I'm wrong.